episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. I am so excited to share that this episode is brought to you by our friends at Motto. Motto is the new no-nonsense hookup app for gay and queer people. Hookup apps have become a staple in queer culture, but they also come with bullshit. Headless torsos, blank profiles, catfish, and endless scrolling of the grid for hours. We've all been there. On Motto, every profile is verified by a real human, and every photo has a face. Motto sends you daily matches to people who match your interests and kinks. There are no fees, no ads, and no nonsense. I tried it. I loved it. Get Motto today by going to tinyurl.com slash talk or visit the link in my link tree. Motto, gain queer hookups without the nonsense. And as always, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. The episode got a bit of a format shakeup as the battle to be the third turd is on. It's time to talk all things Survivor 44, the birdcage. And joining me is someone who wouldn't be stupid enough to form a bro alliance right in front of my face. It's Craig. Who are you? Although I'm great. You're exactly right. I would never do that. And I would probably have reacted the same way Carolyn did. I think I would have just sat there, smiled, and been like, you're fucked, both of you, you yeah. jerks. I mean, at least you uh, got which to they eat. kind of are. <laughs> Yeah, listen, she got to eat, so there is a good excuse that she could have just shoved food in her face and didn't have to do anything, but um, she played it well, but we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, yeah. How are you? How how are you enjoying Survivor 44? I'm doing well. It's, you know, it's, I, I, I wrote it down somewhere in my notes, but I'll just break it out now. Yeah. It's like, um, I keep thinking that with, with all of these new advantages and the idols and now the idols that aren't actually idols and people making fake idols when they actually are smart enough to get away with it, as in Carolyn, not Josh. Um, you know, it's it reminds me a lot of, you know, people who've been in a relationship for so long and they're trying to keep the spark alive and they try all these new things and they just end up ruining it. We've, we've gotten all these things that it, like I've, I saw in a Facebook group, there was somebody who was like, who kept keeping track of who had what advantages or fake idols. And it, there were like two people that didn't have anything. And how did you expect us to follow along with all this? You know, it's, it's very convoluted, but I mean, it really is insofar as I can, you know, I I'm loving their new intro where they play a little bit of the intro music and fade it out and then just go right to camp um, so that, you know, what show you're watching, but um, you know, it's like, it, there's other shows kind of, that like there are other shows that put people on an island to survive. Well, wait, they do. Uh, everyone's well, yeah, well, the first they got rid of the Yeah, everyone. Well, first they got rid of the the uh, intro credits. Then they got rid of the mm-hmm. previously on Survivor. And now they just play a little bit of music and say Survivor 44 day 11 or whatever. And and that's it. You just jump right in. You you would think with Paramount Plus, we all pay more than we probably should that they would just throw like the credits on there give us the classic credits i would pay a dollar like like the old ringtone i would pay a dollar to watch it every week yeah no it's nice i mean, I think i don't know if they still do it they used to upload the intro credits onto youtube that was, it was just the intro credits so that like people who are on the season could show their friends and family but i don't even know if they do that anymore i'm sure that's too much work for the intern to do yeah well All right, um well, 
Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I, I, listeners, I had the great fortune of going to RHAP Live on Wednesday and got to meet some former players, which was really cool. Um, and I got to meet some of this cast. Um, even though there was their cousins that I actually met because they're not allowed to be out in the wild right now. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. Um, I got to meet, meet Keith from Edge of Extinction. Do you remember him? Not many people do. But he, he oh, wait, was nice. he was, he was um, the first boot, right? Uh, well, technically second boot because um, Reem was first and then he was, oh, but he, he he was like the, uh, the 19, yeah, the 19 year old black kid. Yeah, no, I do remember him. Yeah, very, I, I very sweet him. kid. Yeah, who, who um, else I got to with meet... him. It was Keith and somebody else that left with him. That's asking me to remember things from like the before times. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember you, the before yeah. times. I mean, Edge of Extinction is just a whole. You could do a whole podcast series on that season alone. But anyway, oh, you were talking about our half. <laughs> um, I also met Owen Knight. Mm-hmm. Remember oh, him? He last seems season. very friendly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was very friendly. I didn't get a chance to chat with uh, the others from his cast that were there. Uh, it was Jesse and Dwight and Sammy. Yes, I saw I saw a post on Facebook in one of the groups I'm in um, that they were the ones that were going to be from from their cast at our happen. And then there were a bunch of others. I, I don't really follow the live and events then, too closely, um, but Zach uh, from 40. 40- Two was there. Two. Yeah, Zach Wurtenberger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I had I I feel bad because he was very memorable, the episode that he was on and all the stuff he did with Marianne <laughs> after the fact. But I saw a picture of him with another cast member that I, I follow on Instagram because I don't follow him on Instagram. And I was like, I know I know him from somewhere, but I don't remember where. I did the same thing. He was sitting with other players. It's like, oh, is that a fan sitting with other? Oh, oh, okay. um, and then I'll, I'll just reveal who I did meet from this season. I got to meet Claire. We love Claire. Yeah. Um, we got to meet Heidi. Um, we got to meet Jam Jam, who we will talk about a lot this episode. And friends, um, listeners, if you've listened, we know who my island heartthrob is. And yes, I did meet Carson. I did not get him to call me daddy, but he is aware of the QWERTY article that basically calls him a twunk. Um, I didn't use you, you mentioned the article when we were talking. I hadn't heard of the article. I just saw again in the Facebook group I'm in, somebody shared the tweet that Thirst Trap tweet that he posted. And I'm curious as to why you want him to call you daddy because I would go the other way. Um, because he is 21 years old. I'm oh god, I, that I makes me feel really bad. Daddy, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm only 26, um, but, but even that makes me feel a little weird. He's very cute, very, very, very cute, very sweet. Um, um, I, 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 I do fancy him. He's very tiny, and, and I, so it works out. He would be perfect for me. Yeah, I, uh, I feel like he seems so sweet and he's so smart. But I do have a few things to roast him with in this in this podcast episode. So oh, if he's listening, goody. my apologies in advance. All right. Well, let's get through this. It's after tribal, and Jam Jam tells Josh and Carolyn that they told him um, he would have gone with them. Carolyn says that he she just didn't know where Jam Jam was anymore and was never comfortable with Sarah from D1. Jam Jam was so surprised at Tribal, his jaw was on the floor like Roger Rabbit where the coyote drops his joints to the table. We're going to fact check this, Jam Jam. That is not a coyote. It is a wolf. Because it's like, what are you talking about? And then I was like, oh, you meant the wolf. Listen, maybe they don't have wolves in uh, Puerto Rico. I don't know. Anyway, he is happy. He's rather vote. Just not how it went down. 
Carolyn tries to tell Jam Jam that what she what was she supposed to do? Be the third turd and be told what to do. Uh, hate to break it to you, girly, but yet get used to that position. But we'll get to it. Um, she's a character. Her her lexicon is oh, yeah. quite unique. Third turd. I mean. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad that, like, I saw the episode title and I was like, I wonder who's going to say that in what context. And then Carolyn brings it out in the first 30 seconds. I'm like, understandable. I mean, I, it, it may as well, they may as well not call it Survivor 44. They may as well call it Survivor Carolyn because it is the Carolyn show. It really is. Like, Mama C has a title to defend and she's about to lose it to Carolyn this season because every single thing is seen through Carolyn's eyes. See, I, this is not meant to be shade, but I know this is like going to sound shady. Like Mama C is a she, she's a motherly figure. Carolyn is not like the motherly figure. I I've seen photos with her son. She looks like she, they love each other very much, and I love that relationship. But I, if you told me that she was just a single mom um, or a single lady who just goes out and parties every night, um, I would believe you. Would not. And I'm not, not saying with alcohol. I'm just saying she goes out to karaoke and sings whatever the people do not want to hear. I would believe that's oh, what yeah. she does. She she's not the kind of person to hide her emotions. And well, she I mean, I think she does a pretty good job of keeping her emotions in check around other players like Josh and, and Jam Jam. But like in confessionals, you know, she's just saying the first thing that comes into her head and I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now for Josh, he knows he trusted his intuition. And the T is it was for the wrong reasons. But Carolyn is complaining about Jam Jam, his reaction about how when it was in his favor, he's ah uh, happy, happy, happy. <laughs> But when he's left out of the phone, he's boo-hoo-hooing. And Sarah's gone. She don't care. She wants to play the game and win. We're getting a lot of these confessionals from Carolyn. I don't know what they're trying to tell us, but... I don't know. She, she is a fan is, favorite. She is a fan favorite, and especially in, in this episode, like it seemed like every confessional she gave was spot on. People might not be looking at her as this threat. Like, uh, you know, it took Jam Jam half this episode to realize that Carolyn has a brain. Um, but, you know, when when she said that, you know, when Jam Jam gets what he wants, he's all happy. But then as soon as he doesn't, he's boohooing. She's exactly right. That's what he was doing. He didn't get what he wanted. He was left out of a vote. And now he's fetching about it. Um, There's and... one reason why, though. Would you like to expand on that? Because I, I just kind of went with her on it. Because he's a homosexual. You really think that that's the issue? Yes, oh, wait, yes, oh, it oh, is. You think that you think that's the reason why he's boohooing? I thought you meant that's yes, that Carolyn was absolutely pissed at him because of that. That's that's what I would do. I would be- definitely be complaining and whining and being like, "What was me?" Because I'm yeah, a drama queen. I know, but, so is he. But you gotta you gotta hold it in because drama queens don't really make it that far. You know, drama queens. If you get all the attention on you too early and in a negative light, at least. I mean, Marianne was lucky in her season because she was she was always happy no matter what really seemed to happen. And mm-hmm. even though it annoyed mm-hmm. people, she wasn't like making other people question their decisions and their validity. But Jam Jam, oh. Jam, Jam does like to pull almost like a guilt card on people sometimes, it seems like. And I mean, it's and that's why it relates to her so much. I mean, it, well, you know, in real life, I would probably be exactly like that if I could. But in Survivor, I think I would do my best to hold it in. That's fair. Now, moving forward, what does she do? Her heart says Jam Jam because it's Jam Jam, but she has to do what's best for her game, which would probably be Josh. What will she do? We will find out. Um, It's now the next morning. We're going to stick with Tika, and we're going to watch Jam Jam tell Josh that he can rant on him since he's still mad. Jam Jam just wants to have a fun day. I'm like, what is a fun day on Survivor with three people, two people? Yeah, that's the thing. If you have a whole tribe to mingle with. 
maybe. Well, Josh but... is like, I'm fine. I just don't trust you. It's a game. And Jam Jam understands why Josh is mad, but Josh did the same thing to him. Jam Jam will applaud his great move, but wants to move on. He says it's fine to not work with him, but he doesn't want to see bitch face. Now, Jam Jam, my new buddy, if you don't like Josh's bitch face, I am sorry in advance because I will give you bitch face on a daily basis. The thing, the thing that really struck me both the night of after Sarah got voted out and the morning after was you would think that Josh, who was obviously in this precarious position, very likely in a revote, could have gone home if Carolyn could convince Jam Jam to vote uh, Josh out. And Sarah would probably, well, Sarah couldn't vote at that point. But, um, you know, Josh comes out of this alive because of his idol. And now Jam Jam doesn't trust Carolyn that much. Carolyn is annoyed with Jam Jam for boohooing you would think that with the three of them josh is in the perfect position to pit the two against each other and get you know himself in a better spot but he just he's such a bad liar about everything and people just don't trust him and you know even that perfect position of being right in the middle he can't seem to make it work now josh believes that jam jam was in a power position now he's not in his somber acting like somebody killed his dog if it were me it would be like oh my god a twin ghosted me been there and done that um but josh does not feel safe either as he played his idol in order to make sure that jam jam and carolyn don't get together he will lie and say he had another light idol that he receives on soka from the birdcage he will show jam jam the no and take the beads from the tree mail that he has weaved into a bracelet friends much more in this developing story but we'll get to it um yeah, i have jam jam I have at the moment. That. <laughs> oh yes jam jam at the moment will not see the idol and knows that it will suck because if he plays it he and carolyn are out he says this sucks as we will transition to a real world conversation in a reality tv context jam jam says that he and josh are not different which will start a conversation where Josh asks Jam Jam if he ever came out to his mom. And no, friends, what's about to be discussed is not a scene from the mirror messages on Drag Race. This is a profound conversation on the islands of Fiji in, on Survivor. Jam Jam has never come out, but he shares that co-workers of his mom would tell her that he was gay, and she waited for him to tell her. He goes on to share that he never had a boyfriend because he didn't find himself pretty enough. He never put himself out there. He wasn't afraid to be gay. He just never felt himself to be attractive. And when I say at me too, I felt very seen in this moment. And I'm so glad to share that I actually got to thank Jam Jam for this conversation in person. It was emotional and important discussion to hear someone express what I felt um, and share it with the masses. But he goes on to say that his husband is his first boyfriend. They got married a year after, um, which, listen, that sounds very, very, very fast, which I'm very much on board to do. So um, Twink Charming, if you're ready to do it after a year, let's do it. It was really cool to hear uh, Jam's Jam story and not through yes. like photos. Yeah, which we'll get to. I have notes on that bit later <laughs> too. But um, yeah, uh, you know, it, it was nice. I don't want to take anything away from the the sensitivity and the emotionality of that because it was a very touching moment to hear both of their stories and to hear that even beyond, even though they might be pitted against each other in a game, they can still have those real conversations. Because as people <laughs> who you know follow Survivor relatively closely know, they're not talking strategy 24 hours a day. Most of the time, they're just sitting on the beach doing nothing. And so being able to have those real conversations that supersede the game is very important. That being said, I don't watch Survivor to, for all this cute, like, emotional stuff. I wanted them to fight. <laughs> I want them to continue to be at each other. I want one of them to come out on top of the other. No gay pun intended. Um, and I just, I love the, I love the drama 
but you know so sitting there watching that i was like yeah this is great and i can relate to a lot of the ideas of like you know struggling to come out or not coming out or whatever but at the end of it i was just like so are you guys like working together now like what's the deal here what's going on well and, and, I, and I, I think later, that's part like, of no. Yeah, that's part of the overall arc of this moment is you do get this real world conversation. And we did see this um, previously with uh, High and Romeo, where they had a conversation very, very heartfelt. And it was a conversation where it's like, what is their new dynamic? And we watched um, uh, High get killed by uh, Romeo uh, episode later. So that's what's really interesting and fascinating about this game is the real world conversations are there and they are meaningful. For when your friends after the show in the game, you are playing the game. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I worry with not worry, but I wonder, you know, some of these conversations, uh, it, in addition to High and Romeo, so Zeke and Brett in Millennials vs. Gen X, have, they had their conversation. I forget exactly. I know Zeke went before Brett, but, um, you know, the conversations that that they had, how much that impacted the actual game dynamics. Because like you said, it's nice to have these conversations and to to kind of work on them outside the context of the game, but you're still in, in the game. And, you know, as heartfelt right. as a conversation can be, are you really going to let it impact your game? You know, when when the Zeke and Varner issue happened in 34, um, you know, Sarah was obviously very impacted by that and built a better relationship with Zeke. And of course, at the end, Zeke was Sarah's champion to vote for her to win. So, you know, I wonder how much these conversations actually impact the game and how much we're led to believe they do or if they are nice conversations, but they don't. Is- in the before times of survivor um who knows what conversations were had that we were never privy to exactly yeah that's the you know that's what the editing wants us to do like you know if say say you know say josh and jam jam had this conversation today and then josh went home tonight and twist tribal council tomorrow jam jam goes home early both pre-merge pre-jury would we have even seen this conversation in the first place you know they show us certain things in these conversations for a reason probably because at least one of them has a big impact on the game now if i were a betting man based on screen time and confessionals i would pick one over the other that being said yes uh it's, it's just interesting to see in the immediate aftermath how much that conversation actually had on their gameplay now, Josh will share that he came out his sophomore year in college. He didn't come out in high school because kids were mean and he wasn't ready. He moved away because he knew he was different. He stopped living a lie and told his mom. He says it was an awkward day. She cried, but a day later, she told him it doesn't change anything and thanks him for telling her. She was good. Josh says that he and Jam Jam did bond because of their coming out stories. He has talked about deeper things with him than he has with Carolyn, but he has to be smart as he believes he is in the power position. He hasn't decided who he wants to keep around for now. He will keep Jam Jam comfortable. Now, if you had a deep and meaningful conversation with someone on the island, would it actually change your perspective of that person and how you view the game? Or would you be able to vote them out? I don't know. It. That's the thing. I don't know if I can answer that and, and stand by it. Yeah, number one, because I've never been out there and likely never will be. But also, you know, it's it, it, you know, it's very easy to be a, a couch commenter um, or whatever they're called, uh, you know, thinking about Me. what we would do if we were there. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I, I think insofar as I could manage a jury while doing this, I wouldn't want to have those conversations outright. Not because I, I'd be uncomfortable with the subject matter, but because I wouldn't want that kind of niggling around in my head as we get further in the game like oh i had this nice conversation but i got it to vote them out but i still have to like i i would just kind of want to avoid the conversation altogether that way i don't feel any guilt about it 
I mean, we've definitely also seen people use these conversations to their advantage and, and screw people over. Um, it's just how the game plays. And that's the beauty of the social game. Yeah. That's the thing that I, I stand by the idea that, you know, there's never an undeserving winner of survivor because in the end it's about who, who could convince the jury to vote for them and, you know, out of the options they had, you know, so there are winners I'd like less than others and certainly winners who have used emotional heartstring strategies to maybe get a unanimous vote somewhere along the line. Mm, but uh, no, but um, yeah. Josh will say that they have each other's trust. So he says, let's get out, Carolyn. Uh, have we not learned when Carolyn is the pawn, she does not take to it well. Like literally Josh is there because Jam Jim and Sarah did the same exact thing to her. What to was her face. he thinking? Literally. Yeah, didn't, didn't Jam Jam talk to Sarah and Carolyn? And he was like, sorry, yes. Carolyn, you're not going to like this, but you're going to be the pawn tonight. I I just, I, I, I wonder if Carolyn genuinely wishes she was on a different season. Because <laughs> like I was starting no, to No, because she knows it's everything. working out for her right now. Well, yeah, I mean, she, she, and she I think again with the social going, game yeah. of what Survivor does, you put Carolyn in almost any season since she probably had a child and has become sober, you'd still get the same reaction from other players with her. So that's just who yeah. he is. She is. And that's what's so yes. fucking incredible about her. I know. Yeah. She's, you know, it's, it, I find it not worrisome, but I find it honestly a little bit offensive that people kind of just view her as this emotional, uh, non-strategic player but as she alluded to later in this episode like you know she made the fake idol obviously we never got to see her happy face if sarah played it and it wasn't wasn't real but um she immediately calls out josh's lies like she's she's not stupid she's playing the game and she's playing it really well it's just people just think of her as this type b crazy personality that doesn't have anything going on behind the scenes and they're they couldn't be more wrong Jam Jam hopes Josh is telling the truth, but best case scenario, they win. Otherwise, he would be willing to vote Carolyn out. More on that later. It's morning, Ratu, and today will be dedicated to Matthew. This is a Matthew-centric episode. Keep those tissues handy, friends. He visits Kane to tell him he's in a lot of pain after dislocating his shoulder on day two. It's day 10 now, and he is still dealing with pain. Kane tells him that he impresses him every day he stays out there, calling him an absolute gladiator and certified legend. Matthew is forced to be adaptable, but it kills his spirits that he can't move. Let's hear him chat about it with our certified heartthrob and my new pal, Carson. Come on, Scruff. Wow. Um, look what Scruff could do to a little twink. He'd become like attractive. Crazy, right? I know. Well, yeah. I mean, I've never been a fan of the island hot idea. I don't love the idea. Of oh, people... I can confirm he's real life hot too. I'm sure that's the thing. Like he's a very good looking guy. I don't think the island made him. People are like, he got no. island hot. I'm like, that's not, I don't like the idea oh, no. of people running on 200 calories a day, not being able to wash themselves or shave. I don't like that idea. But anyway, that's beside the point. I, I have a very important note about um Matt. <clears throat> I have zero sympathy for Matt. He was stupid climbing that rock formation and paid the price. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Bloop. Oh, we can't wait. Ooh, oh, I can't wait to keep talking about this. Now, with his conversation with Carson, he tells him that's the worst pain he's had so far. It's the most for him because he's been training to be there for years. So it's more than just the pain. Carson will offer him a hug. And I can tell you, Carson hugs are the best. They're really good. He's they, a good hugger. They seem really nice, yeah. 
um yeah he 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 would be a very very good um little spoon i can yeah um now matthew thinks carson adds an interesting mix to the tribe as he comes on and he's the guy that he feels like he can emotionally open up to again we don't know what tribe carson really is on but i think we all know why matthew feels carson is his guy he gets him mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the thing, I have plenty to say about Carson. Um, this particular interaction, I did, uh, no, that I wrote down the hug between Franny and Matt was weird. Um, we'll get to that later. <laughs> we'll get to that one later. Um, yeah, where did I write down this stuff about Carson? Um, He's got a big uh, heart for a little guy. He, do, he does have a big heart for a little guy. And the the thing that kind of, sours it a little bit for me is that right after that touching moment of camaraderie we cut to a confessional of Carson with being a, not airheaded but a bit full of himself and a bit thinking that he's got all these incredible connections and he's a strategic which prowess is so funny he's coming. At, at, uh, the rap uh, live podcast Zach basically called him out for exactly that I mean, it's it's true. When it, and I think, you know, it's not like we got a confessional from him half an episode later talking about his involvement. He literally took that moment and we cut to a confessional of him talking about how he has all, all these, you know, um, great, uh, great relationships. Um, I wrote down, sorry, Carson, needs to let some air out of his head before his self-praise causes it to pop. Yeah, um, so he's he's been with Raju for four days. He says he's in the exact position he wants to to be and we're going to cut to a conversation with kane kane is happy to be with carson as young smart people don't last alone very long so now it's time for nerd chat uh and matt on our green team is going to be so jealous watching this i can just can can imagine how they're going to nerd out you think there's a bro alliance going on wait for the nerds revenge of the fucking nerds on survivor um all right uh i mean listen Matt has his own kind of nerd uh, for other nerdy activities, if you know what I mean, but we'll definitely get to it. Um, now, the Carson and King conversation, they're going to nerd out about Pokemon, Jedis, Lord of the Rings. Welcome to the stage, the Geek Squad. Now, Kane says they've all been through wedgies and stuff, and I'm like, sir, I think it only is you. I don't know if everyone has had the same experience. No, I, I was out in high school, and I never got wedgied yeah were, were, were significantly you like bullied really uh yeah i mean i i was i was uh, like a, I, but i also played sports so mm. uh do you have a favorite pokemon uh or a pokemon type i think was the, was the type was the i i do I i'm partial to psychic type pokemon i like okay. them yeah now um king and carson Carson's going to tell Kane that he knows he's the new person while he doesn't have a name to give him. Kane doesn't think it's Carson. The young guns have to protect each other. Um, so this is Frodo and Sam, right? I've never seen Lord of the Rings. Okay. I mean, listen, I've watched them. I couldn't tell you what happened. And it was, they're too long. Know. Is they're Frodo the long. one that's played by Elijah Wood? Yeah. Okay, that I I don't know why I knew that, but that's the only thing I know. Yeah, yeah the whole thing I wrote um I wrote down, you know the the interaction between Matthew and Carson, the emotional one, where then we cut to Carson, like that was very clearly Matt not seeing the forest for the trees with Carson believing you know that he's 
being a bit of a manipulator in these kinds of situations. Kane is at least a little bit self-aware that Carson has a strategic mind and he's kind of appeasing Carson a little bit, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of leaning into this nerd stuff to build that rapport because Kane has a strategic angle to play with it. Listen, I can confirm this kid is very charismatic and a very excitable person um, in person, like truly good people. I mean, I, when we were chatting, I was like, yeah, yeah, you're very, you're very charismatic. I was like, I'm not that way. It's like, no, no, you're charismatic too. I was like, see, you just won me over. I might not actually be charismatic. You might not believe it either, but you just told me I am. And I'm now going to believe it because you said it. Yeah. You're um, talking he, about Carson now or very, uh, Carson. Okay. He, he, he knows how to play people in a way that's genuine. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, he's, so I, he's I, not a NASA scientist for nothing. You got to kiss a few buttons for that position. Um, now, Carson knows he's not as a strategic mastermind, not seen as a strategic mastermind. So he will get closer to the Rot 2 members more than they are with each other. And once they realize what he's doing, they'll be gone. Insert cute evil laugh here. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I think it's a very fun way to play. Um, I kind of compare his game to a cutesier version of Todd Herzog, where he is playing a very emotionally driven social game where he is sweet and cute and like the person people will talk to. But in the back of his head, he's like, thank you for all this information because I will use it against you. Yeah, I worry eventually it'll come back to bite him. Like if he makes final three, I think some people are going to be a little bit peeved at him because i don't really know how much carson is and really no, paying attention no to the one over the old age of 25 wants to give a 20 year old money they just don't yeah all right um uh, morning we'll soka and this week it's danny leading the mindfulness sermon 30 breaths are you a yogi have you done brazilian jiu-jitsu before no i had to take a yoga class in college once and i hated it the teacher was the most condescending person ever but i had to take it for a gen ed but everyone in the class didn't like her so like she would do like the ohm and close her eyes and we would all be like looking at each other like do we have to do this too anyway i did so you I don't did like notice yoga. heidi was doing the same thing Heidi oh, was like good for what her. are we doing i didn't because honestly heidi is like where is she it's, it's like where's heidi she had so many people there with her and i was like i feel so bad you didn't get to watch her with her yeah she really um She's she's becoming purple Heidi, basically. Um, and it's it's unfortunate now, because you know, those people that get purpled like that generally, you know, if they may if they made it to the end and possibly won, would have a much greater part in the story. You know, so so she absolutely. could probably be like mid-merge, like eighth place or something, and like it'll be like a nothing burger when on the island people actually do perceive her as a threat, but we never see absolutely. it. Absolutely. Now, Danny, Danny loves this jujitsu stuff. Um, and it's his passion. Um, that belly move. We love that for us for learning how to breathe properly. Thank you. Thank you, Danny. Yeah. I wrote um Danny, Danny says it opens. Nice, oh, but is, oh, sorry. I said is, is Danny Danny seems nice, but is anyone really worried about him? Doesn't seem like people are that concerned Girl, about his wait, gameplay. Just wait. Oh, just wait. Now, um, Danny says it's all about love it opens up the mind um and he says it's all about mine because they're all silly gooses out there uh guess what it's time for danny's backstory and i was like "Ooh, this is an interesting placement for his backstory i thought it was going to the end but maybe not danny's daughter is four months he thinks about her every night and that is where his emotion is coming from and that's it but really jamie the actual silly goose says she was meant to be 
on the Soka tribe. It's the tribe she would have picked. I feel like she is revisionist type of person. She and I would not vibe at all. Really? I love her. I wrote no. that, uh, her energy and her smile are very infectious. The, her confessionals where she where she kind of makes herself out to be the queen bee bugged me a little bit, but I like her personality. It's so funny. Um, it's, what's funny about it is the music they play under it because they know, we know she's going to get fucked over so badly at some point. I yeah. can't wait for it. As now, soon as someone says that they're the best person or in the best position and having the best relationships, you're like, all right, clock's ticking. She is on the high vibe tribe and she is not the one who had to teach them how to meditate. Now, Jamie and Matt will have a chat on their walk and the camera just keeps on panning to her fake immunity idol. I thought that was brilliant. I was like, you are really trolling this woman. She has no idea. Yeah, they she do the same to Sarah if, if Sarah, Sarah didn't get voted out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she will pitch to Matt that to make the tribe stronger, she will be a valuable as she's herself as valuable. She believes she has more information than anyone in the game, which is why she is a silly goose. Matt, in his nerdy ways, will say he won't commit to anything as he is a noodler, um, which allegedly means he is slow to deliberate. Meanwhile, Jamie feels like Matt is learning to crawl as she is running a marathon, but we all know she just has no vibe check here. She's just so off. I think she can be both at the same time. So I think she can be way in over her head about her own position in the game and the relationship she has. However, she's 100% right that, let's be honest, Franny is playing her game and Matt's game for him. Like... Matt is not yes. playing the game. Matt is Matt has tunnel vision for Franny and Franny is like fi- Franny has like Matt's like one of the exits but she's on the main road and she's trying to keep him in the passenger seat and out from rolling out of the car. Um and I feel <laughs> I feel bad for Franny cuz she's basically babysitting him and I worry yeah. he's going to screw her game. It's kind of like how um t- uh Taylor and Figgy Taylor's stupidity ended up screwing Figgy over. It's true. I bet Jamie is actually watching this to, and saying to herself, wow, I look like a fucking idiot. We're now going to shift Jamie's attention over to Franny as Jamie will talk shit about Matt. Franny will say that Matt is affable and that he is his biggest strength. Franny thinks it's a good thing and that Jamie has not caught on to her and Matt. She knows that if Jamie wants to make a move against Matt, she'd be able to stop it and tell Matt. Now, Matt thinks relationships are important in the game, but his blind spot is, in fact, Franny. He likes her a lot. They are going to hug. And by hug, he probably got a boner and she could not release him until it went down. That was not a friend hug. That was a spark hug. I was really, I was praying, praying that, um, sorry, he's whining. Just hop the gate and go. He's scared of my dogs. (laughs) Anyway, um, I was praying that um while they were doing that very long uncomfortable hug that like franny's eyes would open and she'd feel like looking around like when is this ending but unfortunately she seemed just as into it as he did um maybe not as into it Um, but into it well franny does it not not have a crush on matt she knows when the game is over they might get ethiopian food together as she would date him in real life as she would be pleased as punch and then she's going to blush Oh, and the first gift she will give to him is a hermit crab. Can we break okay. this down, please? 
First yes. off, Ethiopian food, that's like eating with your hands. To be fair, they're both vile and smelly right now. So first official date being food with your hands, maybe not the worst idea. But a hermit crab is a first gift. Now, babe, I want money. Go win me the money. Yeah, um, I wrote, uh, I hope they have fun eating Ethiopian food. If Matt had any strategy, then they could power couple to the end and win the money to actually go to Ethiopia. But that's not looking likely. <laughs> Tea. that is the tea um anyone who wants to date me uh it's going to be date like 70 before we go to ethiopian food sorry yeah i'm i don't I'm, I'm kind of off the dating scene for a while trying to be career focused as much as i can but i went on a trip a couple of trips recently abroad by myself and i was just like staying in nice hotels by myself ordering room service by myself going to see like museums by myself and i loved it so I don't need I don't need a mat to take a little puppy dog like Matt to take with me anywhere. That's fair. That's fair. All right. It's day 11 and we've got a challenge. Orange and green will get a new look at new purple with Saragon. Team green is happy, but I can't help to wonder why we did not get a Carson reaction. Maybe that would be a tell or perhaps he had no reaction, which is smart for his gameplay. I don't know. Honestly, I my, my favorite part of the, sh- the episodes are, are usually the reactions. But, you know, yeah, it, there it, there was a lot to be desired for that one. In this challenge, they will be tied together as they race through a series of obstacles and race to a bucket. They will fill the bucket with water and make their way over a hinge platform, chance transferring the water until they have enough water to lower the gate. Then two players will maneuver three balls or a table maze first tribes to finish win immunity safe from tribal. The winning tribe will also send three players on a journey. How would you do in this challenge? Okay, I wrote down as a side note, I love the hinge net part of the challenge. It's one of my favorite aspects of a challenge. I absolutely love it. Um, I I think that they I, I think they all kind of maybe annoyed production in the dream team a bit by all climbing above the sticks. I think they were hoping people would try and like weave their way through, but I mean that's what you get. Um and then I I've never done a table maze. I'd like to think I'm good at table mazes because I, I try to. I have a, I have good dexterity. Like I like to twirl my pen between my fingers and everything. I got I got mm. it unlocked. Um, but I think we can all agree that during that challenge, every single one of us was Carolyn watching Josh and Jam try and work that table maze. Yeah, it was so awful. Right. Let's 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 see. We're gonna watch Matthew and Lauren sit out for Ratu. Jamie and Franny are out for Soka. Um, the challenge is on. Um, and I was like, look at my little twink being little. And I was like, look at Winnie the Pooh. I would be Winnie the Pooh and get stuck. Um, so I would definitely be like, can I sit this one out, please? Thank you. It's an easy, even match to start through the obstacles. When we get to the water buckets, I would like, um, be like, where are the handrails for this netting? I would fall the fuck down again. Please sit me out of this challenge. Um, the ride looked so fun but the way the camera showed it made it look like it was so much more intense than it probably was the net part yeah i mean yeah i wonder how long it is it must be like 25 feet long i assume and then you know the the key is getting up to the middle and then kind of like almost surfboarding it slowly as it yeah the way that they would have it slammed down with the sound effects oh it was scary yeah and also with three people tied together it makes it a lot more difficult if it's one person Mm -hmm. managing the balance on their own 
Now, Matt will take a tumble, but Danny will keep going. Um, I was hoping he would drag him, but um, alas, it did not happen. Everybody is it. through. It's May's time. We have Brandon and Carson for orange, Danny and Matt for green, and Josh and Jan Jan for purple. So, yeah, ladies, once again, you can't be trusted to do anything in this show. Mm-mm. No. No, we don't like women anymore. Yeah. Also, please note, the first shot we will see Brandon on the maze's left side and Carson on the right side. The very next shot they have swapped. Odd editing shot. Also, yeah, I mean, so, hey, I mean, as as you and I both know, not not that Carson is gay, but like, I mean, sometimes you're in the mood to switch it up, left <laughs> to right, top to bottom. Also, uh, Carson. Carson was standing on an apple crate because he was the same height as Brandon. Um, that was hilarious to me. I'm sorry. It was so fucking funny. Um, I mean, how tall is he? I what, am. Like five, 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 six. Like five, six. Okay. I'm, I'm five, six. So. Yeah. He, he's a little tiny pocket person. He's so cute. <laughs> um, this was a close race for Soka and Ratu. Uh, Tika was just not doing it. Um, remember when Josh said he had steady hands for being a surgeon? Noob? Um, I will pass on letting him operate on me. Officially confirmed. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, no. He's not a surgeon anymore. He's a he's a physical tra- physical trainer, which is weird. It's not. It's like he mixed personal trainer and physical therapist together and made it a physical Bullshit. trainer. Yeah, um, they saw right. Here's that my one. question. Here's my question. Are they allowed to swap out? Could Carolyn have asked to tag in? I don't know. Were were they still tight? Were Carson or not Carson? Were Josh and nope. um, Jam Jam still tied together? No. Hmm. I don't nope. know. I mean, I, if I were Carolyn, I certainly would have asked. I would have asked if, if I could do it by myself. <laughs> Literally. Um, in the end, the winners are orange. Ratu gets the power. Soka comes in second. Tika is done. And Jeff says that Carolyn, Josh, or Jam Jam will be the sixth person voted out. Or will they? More on that soon. Now, Danny will suck up as teacher's pet to Jeff and be like, I always wondered if they were that close on television. And Jeff nods, knowing that they are. But at the RHAP Live, Jesse, Owen, and friends are like, nope, a lot of TV editing is in practice here. Uh, We love reality TV, don't we? Mm -hmm. Jesse was laughing. He's like, no, it's not that close ever. Like, there are times you're sitting around for 45 minutes for a second person to fucking finish a challenge. Yeah. Uh, let's start at least the individual challenges you know that it's over when there's only two people left and one drops (laughs) literally uh first ratu will send brandon they pick danny from soka and caroline from tika what did you think of these selections at this moment in the game um i i don't know so i brandon and danny I guess Brandon Brandon gets has gotten such little screen time, really. You know, it's it's very difficult to kind of pick up on. He had the whole arc of the first episode where he had to play his idol and stuff, but um, it, you know, I don't really have too much of a read on him. Um, now I do, given the journey. But Danny, I, I also I get and learning a little bit more about him, I can I guess I understand you know the relationships he's built with with his tribe, like the jujitsu stuff, bringing people together. Carolyn, I think they might have just chosen at random, but I guarantee you that Carolyn was thanking the Lord that they picked her. Literally. Now, why would you not send Jamie? They claim it's because they like Danny, but without being results-oriented, is was this just a way to try to win him over? Why wouldn't you know. send Jamie? You have I mean, the opportunity the is- to give another Alliance member more power. Yeah, but also, you know, Jamie, if 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 the edit has deceived us a little bit and people are aware of the fact that Jamie has this inflated sense of 
you know, she's the person that everybody should be talking to, you know, is it the wisest idea to send her over with people on different tribes again when she could be flip flopping back and forth and still think she's the one in control? No, I, again, I think Jamie's a silly goose, but um, if I were her, I would be like, what the fuck did you just do? You, you just set it up against me. I could now go home. I think this was so weird of a choice. Um, but before they all have, Jeff will tell Matthew to stay back so medical could take a look at him since he sat out two challenges in a row. Now, welcome to Matthew Med Talk. Dr. Will will talk to Matthew to ask to see the shoulder where Matthew shares that he's been in a lot of bad pain. Matthew says it's so weak and feels like gravity will pull it out of its socket. He is only eating a couple hundred calories a day, so he doesn't know how his body can heal in the condition he's in. Have you ever separated your shoulder before? I have not, so I cannot relate to this pain. No, I've not. But people have dislocated their shoulder before on Survivor and popped it back in. And it's been Stephanie. fine. Stephanie LaGrosa, for example. Yeah. Well, she was voted out very quickly soon after that. So. Yeah, but that was kind of because she was a bit of a bitch, not because of her shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, Dr. Will, again, not to be confused with the Big Brother Legend, will share it with Matthew and us that the soft tissue that holds the shoulder in place can get torn. And if it's a small tear, then it's short-lived pain. But with nine days on, he's still in a lot of pain. Jeff will say that he's impressed that he fought through the pain and tried to hide it while still wearing the sling. And Jeff notes that when there were challenges he could have preserved his health, he still battled. He fought for his tribe. He lifted a box and slapped keys. Yeah, Jeff needs really, to take a Xanax because that was not impressive. It was kind of sad, no. actually, that this guy was going to put himself no. through that. Now, Matthew says he is not one to give up on something he wants badly. This is a dream of his, but he wakes up in so much pain. Lots weighing on his mind. Time to figure out what to do. Now, we will discuss the official decision later. But in this moment, on your very first watch of this episode, what did you think was going to happen? Um... So on the very first watch through, since I've watched it twice now, the first watch through, I I was watching it on Paramount Plus. So I kind of hovered my mouse over the, the video and I saw that we wouldn't really have a whole <laughs> lot of time to go to tribal. So I figured he would either get officially medevaced or would decide to leave. I was waiting for us to see it happen. <laughs> um, but uh, of course, we didn't end up getting that. Um, I figured he was going to be gone. I didn't know what it would mean for... Uh, Tika, it was a Tika or yeah, Tika's tribal. Um, I was still kind of anticipating them going to tribal because it wasn't real. Like I understand if it happened like to their tribe, like the day after the challenge right. before tribal, they got injured. But like he's been pussyfooting around this injury for like nine days now, and now he's he sat out of a challenge, which is the whole reason why Jeff said that they wanted to take a look at it. You know, I immediately wondered if he had participated in this challenge. Would Jeff had wanted to take another look at his arm? Would we still be doing this? How much longer would Matt have lasted anyway? Right. So it, it, there's a lot of questions uh, that remain unanswered from that. I did allude on the podcast in the previous episodes that he would be a goner. Like this would, he was going to get pulled at some point. But I did think based on how this editing was and not hearing them pull him in this moment, I was like, okay, he's saying this is just a red herring. We're just trying to give him a big winner's edit here going on. But alas, we'll talk about it. Um, let's go on the journey. The boat hits a new island as our three weary travelers hop off. Uh, Brandon is excited to go on the journey as he knows that something could come of it, but at the same exact time, he knows he has to say something when he comes back, as they will expect him to come back with something. We reach our first sign that tells them to make their way down the beach and take the time to get 
to know each other. We will get a stunning drone shot where I thought they were actually about to be swept away by the tide. Um, that was wild. When they were first approaching it? Mm-hmm. I thought they are going to fall right in. But they're going to reach the next sign that reads, Welcome to the sanctuary where good things happen. Today there is no game to play, no vote to risk. Instead you will enjoy a break from the heat as you share a light snack together. In a game quite in a which information for a light is... snack, by the way. <laughs> right. In a game in which information is powerful, what will you tell your tribe based about your journey? Um, what did you think of this journey? I think this has so much more power moving forward, especially for future players. There's a new layer to this twist, and it is more impactful than putting your hand in a fucking bag. Yeah, or spinning or turning a wheel based on five minutes of conversation up some big hill. Um, I I like the journey. I, I always love... I So I... Generally, I'm not a fan of journeys as a principle because it's just another thing that they throw into pretty much every episode now. And not only are the viewers, I don't want to speak for all viewers, but the viewers are expecting them. But now that we've seen two or three seasons of it, the players are too. So it's not like someone's getting like blown away by this crazy new surprise. Like they've seen it before. The thing is, I I would never want to be the one to go on a journey because no matter what you tell people when you come back, someone's always going to think you're lying about something. So mm-hmm. I would just be like, I don't want to go. I don't care if you find an idol and come back and keep it a secret successfully, as long as you don't use it against me. I don't want to go because I don't want that stigma of what actually happened on that journey. Like they, like Carolyn went back and was honest about like, you know, they had this spread. We talked a bit. They were broing out and I was left out of it. Completely honest. Wouldn't surprise me if Jam Jam or Josh were like, yeah, something else probably happened too. Just the level of paranoia that comes from a journey is crazy. They will chow down as Carolyn will be like, I don't eat meat, but on Survivor, I do. I would say the same thing about fish. I do not like fish, um, but we'll see. Let me eat one fish on Survivor and be like, forget it. I'm done. Get me out of here. I mean, $20 Um, is $20. That's true. Carolyn was nervous about this as she is going to tribal. She was excited to eat something and meet the guys and maybe gain more allies. That is until Beefhead and Macho Man open their fucking mouth holes. So they ask her about what's going on at Tika. She says she's worried because Carolyn shares that Josh arrived with the idol, which Danny now knows Jamie has one, and Brandon now knows Carson has one. Danny thinks this is a disadvantage unless they can work together at the merge. He got some time with Brandon, and they hit it off 100%. And by hit it off 100%, they ignored Carolyn as an actual human being, physical player sitting in between them. Q. One of the funniest scenes in Survivor history. They wanted to work together. They each promised to get whoever they are working with to align with them when they reach the merge. Meanwhile, Karen is like, uh, so am I chopped liver? You think I'm going home? Danny loses all points from me as he says, the beauty of he and Brandon linking up is people really rarely like them get to win. Yeah, because no one loves a bro chacho. Carolyn is like, what do you mean people like us? And Brandon's like, oh, people who look like physical threats. So he essentially said, lady, not you. Yeah, that was the one Carolyn is the like, journey I wrote down was, what do you mean people like us? <laughs> Karen was like, glad you guys worked it out. She's trolling them so hard that they have no idea how badly they fucked up their social game. Brandon is like, I hope you make it through the night as Carolyn drops an orange from her fucking mouth. So now Danny will fall deeper in love with Brandon and ask about his tattoos. And Carolyn 
is posing with her fucking sleeve of tats. Then Danny's like, me and you, and maybe Josh. And Carol's like, oh, so you want him and not me. Got chill out and clear. She will stand up and be like, good luck, guys. Which they're like, oh, well, uh, who do you want to take out? She knows who it is and doesn't want to tell them because she needs allies. She's not here to target people. She needs to trust people. Who will she not trust? Brandon. Why? Because he will tell her, not in a mean way, that she is somebody that somebody would keep around because she hasn't proven herself to do very well in challenges. Sir, she didn't do the puzzle. What are you talking about? He's I can't wait honest. for like, well, fingers crossed here. I, I'm hoping that I cannot wait for Carolyn to go on an immunity run after the merge, particularly if she beats Danny and Brandon and they get second and third every single time. She loves this because she now has so much ammunition against them and everybody else who they are aligned with i think this scene proves that carolyn is a huge key player to this season and if she does not win she will be back on this show um she says they should watch out for her because she will make the merge yeah this was such a fun scene yeah i i really don't know how how danny and brandon were so socially unaware I mean, just watching it, I I felt like secondhand embarrassment for Carolyn. Not that she can't handle her own battles. I know she obviously can. But, like, I felt so bad for her because it's just, like, this is supposed to be, like, a three-person information-sharing luncheon, if you will. And it's just become her sitting there, kind of like a, the director of a really bad gay porno. But she came out of it the most successful, has the most oh, information. Yeah. And she that's what's so fucking brilliant about this. It was yeah. so well played. Um, for those musical theater lover fans, uh, she was Mr. Cellophane. Chicago. We love it. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, let's do all of our Chica chat now. Uh, there are flies in the fruit, and um, they are just losers. Good effort for the homos, though. They tried their best. Us homos, we, tr- we, we try. We try to exist in a bro chacho world. Mm-hmm. Well, Josh, Josh wants to be and Carolyn thinks that he is, but Josh wants to be, right. but he's nowhere near the level of, I mean, Josh, I don't think he's a very good player, but he's nowhere near the level of socially stupid that Danny and Brandon were shown to be this episode. Right. Now, Josh believes that Jam Jam believes he has an idol. It's the only thing he is going forward. Josh will explain that he would like to save his idol. And Jam Jam says, well, obviously we are on opposite sides, the last tribal. Jam Jam wants him to understand. And Josh is like, well, I want you to understand it won't happen again now that we're working together. Jam Jam will tell Josh that Carolyn is playing both of them and that she is not as unaware as she looks. So she proved it with the Sarah vote and she made him use his idol when he didn't need to. Was it a fluke? Is it a mistake or whatever it's called? She's thinking. Jam Jam has to save his own ass, so he will throw Carolyn under the bus, the train, the airplane, the submarine, going back and forth. He is just fucking murdering her. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what we were hearing about. I think I think based on the way that Carolyn was coming back and was said, like, I want to jump in Jam Jam's arms, I I think we're still meant to think that Josh was going tonight um, because they just can't trust him. Like, when he, I mean, I'm sure we're going to get to the idol, but, like... there's just so much that's so easily dismissible with him i wrote um josh has all the makings of an underdog except for the fact that no one wants to touch him with a 10-foot pole um literally so i i don't see josh staying safe in any tribe at this point no 
Jam Jam tells Josh she is too emotional to trust. Josh calls her a ticking time bomb. And Josh will say that it will depend on what Carolyn tells them both when she comes back to determine what kind of game she is playing. What she could come back with could change everything. Well, Carolyn returns. It's time to find out how she will play. She knows the journey has big time effect, how she will vote. She wants nothing to do with the muscle bro thing. She knows Josh is a part of that. So she wanted to jump in Jam Jam's arms. While she sits with Jam Jam at camp, Josh is futzing with his bag. Carolyn will mouth to Jam Jam that they are good and have to get Josh out. He will ask what she did and she will share the full truth. When Josh decides to cut up a papaya, she's still trying to get Jam Jam to understand it's them and Josh is gone. This is the Carolyn Jam Jam knows and he's been missing her. I was like, wait, that was a really cute confessional. That was a cute moment because that really proves that their, their weird bond is actually a true bond. Yeah, I mean, there was, you know, the animosity that we saw. I mean, I don't even want to say animosity. The It was gameplay. Initial, well, yeah, the game, it was gameplay, but the initial kind of shock of the the moment that Sarah left in that night after Tribal seemed to like melt away after Carolyn got back from the journey. I think they kind of realized that they 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 really are each other's closest allies in this game when it comes to, especially in a, a tribe of three. Um, and that, you know, their, their route ahead is together. She will tell the group that she was having lunch with two people who are so obsessed with each other and how they're big threats and talks about how Josh is a good guy and really smart. And if he makes it, they will team up at the merge. And Josh is like, keep my name out your mouth straight, bros. Why are you blowing up my game? Yeah, Josh I feel like Carolyn shared that bit. <laughs> I was, oh, I loved it. Um, Josh has a new target. And when Carolyn tells them that Jam Jam was dead in the water to them, it clued into him what had actually happened. So Josh will be like, I have another idol. I'm fine. I'm playing it. And Carolyn will ask if Jam Jam saw it. He only saw the note. So Josh will literally play himself and show his bracelet. And now we will get one of the greatest lines in Survivor history. Jam Jam will say, so are those the bees from Tree Mail? The laugh that line got was brilliant that is how you play this game jam jam and then carolyn will read the note and knows it's the same note he showed her two days ago like did you not think she read it last time this was brilliant mm. yeah i i don't know how much longer he's gonna last but when jeff showed up on that beach josh must have been praying to god like pra singing praises to god because he there he was there is no I I wouldn't even imagine a tribal council I think they'd just show up and Carolyn would just tr say to Jeff look we don't we can skip all this BS can we just vote Josh out now Jam <laughs> <laughs> Jam will examine the bracelet and Josh is like will you not destroy it and Jim's like it came apart I loved it it was so funny Jam Jam knows Josh is sketchy sketchy saying this into the camera like the fourth wall that it was the fucking office because that was not a confessional moment that no was I brilliant. loved it though I loved it <laughs> Carolyn will get a moment away which allows Josh and Jam Jam to chat and Jam Jam tells him that she still might have an advantage Josh now hardcore wants Carolyn out because she feels that he is in alliance with the bros he just needs Jam Jam on his side despite him being onto him adversity it's Josh's middle name. And we're getting a backstory. And I'm sitting there watching it be like, oh, my God, the bitch is gone. He's gone. He's out of here. Yeah. We learned that he was born with a syndrome that gave him weak kidneys. They didn't think it would, he would make it past age five. He miraculously did. He had a kidney transplant at age nine. He has been immunosuppressant to medications all of his life at age 25. He was diagnosed with cancer of the stomach. They found out he had signs of B-cell lymphoma. He had a stomach removal his first year of medical school. He graduated top of his class and he is now a successful physician. 
I mean, okay. they basically just so he had a rough a life. I get it. Yeah. Also, genuine question: If he's been on immunosuppressants his entire life, why would they allow him to go to a tropical island to starve? That's that. That makes sense. We don't do sense on Survivor. No, I mean they'd be totally <laughs> happy. Like, remember Sandra got parasites after Pearl Islands? Like, could you imagine if he did? Oh my god! Well, he takes difficult positions, turns them into positive out- outcomes, and now he has to step it up again and do it. Now, Jam Jam and Carolyn have a moment alone where he will ask her if she has a thing. She says no. He's skeptical. We will watch them have the best friendship as she tries to get him to calm down. She will say that she hopes he didn't think she completely betrayed him. And he's like, I did. And she says, sorry, and will swear on everything that she does not want to go with his bro alliance. He will be like, if you change your vote. And she's like, you think I will go with someone with a fake bootleg idol? That's all he needed to hear. While she does have an idol, she does not want to use it. Jam Jam is freaking out. So how will she get his trust back? I was kind of nervous that she was going to have to show him. I probably would have. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on how far you're, you know, know, how deep you're willing to take this relationship into the game. Because you only have three people left now. You know, merge is coming up soon. If not, you know, the next vote or the fake merge they do, whatever. You know, it's coming up soon. So if, if you're thinking far along the line like jam jam someday i could potentially see sitting next to me in a final three maybe i would if i'm thinking you know jam jam's good for right now because we have this solid thing in a tribe of three let's get to the merge and see what happens i might try and keep it a secret because i think she still had enough with josh's lies that she could get him to vote josh out without having to demonstrate the idol she will hope and take the risk they are real for together they even though he kind of doesn't trust her jam jam will go to josh to see if there's anything else to talk about he's like no i think we're good now if you were looking at your watch and said well it's 8 55 right now how are we going to go to full tribal council and and then you think and pause and like oh no oh no and suddenly we have a boat pull up and on that board is Hostmaster supreme jeffrey elizabeth marie probst we are not going to tribal council as jeff has some news Jeff is welcome to Tika and has a question. How is their heart rate? Because y'all look calm. No, they're anxious inside, you dumbass. You know what these players go through. Yeah, also, and what Josh a weird is like, way to start the conversation. Right. Josh is like, I'm done. This is it. And Jeff will be like, well, curious why I'm here. And Jam Jam knows. Matthew's left the game. Jam Jam knows it sucks for Matthew as he wanted to be there. He pushed through all the pain for all the days with that injury. The game can change so fast and it's scary. Survivor is not easy and Matthew is proof of that. With Matthew's bad news, it's their good fortune. Or is it? Not for all of them. Actually, no, because now honestly, Josh is... not for any of them. Well, yeah, I mean, Josh was completely right in saying that he's his ass is grass. Um, but you know, now they have to continue in this tribe of three, knowing that Josh is like dead meat and they don't know how long they're going to be stuck together. And also, I mean, just in terms of, you know, like when you have that, not to not to make a sickness joke with Josh, but like when you have like a tumor on your tribe, you need to excise it. Like nobody mm-hmm. wants to keep around the person that they had explicitly planned on voting out a mere hour later. You know, it really does screws up with the dy- screws the dynamics. So it'll be interesting with with next episode and and the the real slash fake merge and challenges and all that how how that plays out. But I mean, I would have been more relieved to have said, "Can we still go to tribal council?" <laughs> right now, they will hug it out, and Carolyn will groan. Josh will be like, "Why is this a bad thing?" And Carolyn says she wanted to vote him out. 
She got jokes, but also all jokes are rooted in truth. Let's dissect this. I firmly believe that if Bruce had not been eliminated, they still would have gone to tribal. But with the numbers off, they had to pivot, and that's why there was no tribal here. And I firmly believe that Josh would have been voted out. And I think with Josh still being there is terrible for Brandon and Danny. Josh either has to go all in with them or he needs to help target them. Danny and Brandon are fucked. Oh, 100%. I mean, I don't know. You know, I, I was reading on I was reading on the main survivor Reddit and I saw a post about uh, people questioning why um, it seems like there might be, you know, some mis- mis- mishmash with the numbers and all that as we head into merge and jury and all that. And people were saying, well, on the one hand, you had Bruce and now you have Matthew. And some people were like, oh, well, because they're they quarantine because of COVID, the pre-jury from the jury, they have to keep it a certain way and keep the episode count the same. Like there were so many theories as to why they didn't go to tribal council or, you know, there might not be a real merge and we might have an off jury or something. It's, you know, it's hard to follow all of it. I don't know. I like, yeah, Josh is Josh is in a shit spot. Danny and Brandy are Brandon are in an even worse spot. Um, but it, it it really does throw the game into disarray when somebody number first person gets medevaced and the second person, um, yeah, so I don't know. There, there's just a lot going on this season that the 26 day format doesn't really help. And the, nope. the lack of context for given before and after episodes and in the episodes themselves, you know, we basically go challenge journey tribal at this point, we missed so much of actually, you know, the reasoning <laughs> yeah um i i really do think carolyn is now the most powerful person in this game and this moment um we will get to see some final words from matthew it was very sad yet very sweet he, he will be back i'm fully convinced jeff will bring him back for some re- season um but you, i got some uh, was burning... it a Freudian slip there for some reason <laughs> yeah um I, I have some burning questions to wrap this podcast are you ready oh yes let's do them I think we already heard what your feeling is, but what is Matthew's legacy? Matthew's legacy is don't climb a fucking rock tower on your second day when you've been quote-unquote training for years only to fall and hurt your arm and then weep and moan about it for nine days and then, let's be honest, quit. Because if you sucked it up, your life wasn't in any danger, you could have kept playing, but you quit and you have no one to blame but yourself. That's not his legacy. That's just my opinion on him. His legacy, (laughs) he climbed a rock, he fell off, he hurt his arm, and then he played woe is me for a week. He's plant daddy. I don't care about that. <laughs> Listen, I'm sure there are some um, gay men out there who actually will be calling him daddy. Uh, so good for him. I'm sure. But I, but as, as gay men ourselves, would we be climbing a giant rock tower on day two? No. No, because we ain't no. still <laughs> Who's in danger, girl? Oh. Um, Danny and Brandon, but I think they might have a couple more days left in them. It depends on how this whole merge thing actually ends up happening. And, you know, yeah. if they do the half, the split where half people are safe and then the other half don't vote or whatever. Um, in terms of immediate danger, Josh, I mean, Josh has no strong allies in any tribe. His best case scenario is he gets swapped to that third tribe where he doesn't know anybody really yet. But if he stays on Tika or goes back to uh, Soka, you know, he doesn't have anybody there that trusts him. So I think bar him winning in any kind of secret individual immunity challenge or winning immunity as a tribe, he's got to be gone next. 
I I really do think that we're going to watch some of, depending on how this all plays out, if, if they all do come together, I can see all of purple and green voting Josh out first. You'd have the numbers, easy to do it. You can pull Carson in. You can probably pull some of Carson's new friends in. Josh is a goner. Um, I do worry about Danny and Brandon here, especially if if Carolyn does have a vocal ability to discuss what happened. If no one believes her, I I do fear for her because simply like, why are you going to trust this lady? Because she already has this negative reputation. But if you watch the edit, this bitch ain't going anywhere. No. And I also think that she'd sooner become the, the girl who cried wolf. Kind of like Sandra and Heroes vs. Villains, where she was trying to get all the heroes to turn on Russell. Yeah. Um, or and all, and all that. And like she it, hopefully she ends up getting to the end and it's like, look at what I told you would happen if you didn't trust me and you didn't trust me. I will throw in real quick a uh, wild card to be in danger. Let's say that I, I haven't seen the pre or the next week on. I I think I heard that it's like that fake merge thing. Um let's just say that Josh is safe. I think Matt is in danger because a lot of people have picked up on the Franny Matt dynamic and they're going to want to split that up before merge. Ideally, they're not going to take Franny out because Franny actually has a social game. All I know is the other person who I think is in in danger. I mean, it's not going to be because she's a threat. It's because she's probably going to end up playing herself is Miss Two Idol Jamie. Her idol doesn't work anymore. She only has Matthew's old fake one. She's gonna play it, and she's gonna get herself out. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I can't wait is, to watch it. The thing is, are people have we seen enough people cut co- like thinking about coming after her? If Franny gets wind at Jamie, if Jamie has any target toward Matt, yes, she's gone. Yes, Franny I, I will target that, yeah. Jamie. It's exciting. I think this is a very exciting cast. It's a very exciting season. Um, you hate seeing people go out the way they did, but it has now really made the makeup and the shakeup work well. Um, I don't love a twist that we had last week with the journey, but I kind of like how the outcome is turning out. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm, I'm always a fan of diversity in casting. I think it should be a no brainer. I'm happy that CBS has done the whole kind of mandate for it, but I think that, they, I, th- I do think that Survivor's actually done. I know that there are people in... Um, oh, I, I have a comment I'll go back to in a sec. But I know that there are people online who are like, oh, they're shoving all this diversity in our faces. I think that they, that Survivor especially has done a very good job of balancing out the level and you know spectrum of diversity that they have. And also, so many... like We did have the moment this episode with uh, Josh and Jam Jam. Um, and we had la- uh, 42 with Marianne and Drea commenting about how they needed to play their idols. You know, so you do have those moments of social commentary that come out. But when people are on the island, most of the time, that's not what they're thinking about. And that shines through. And I think that Survivor's done a really good job of balancing the diversity mandate with providing us with a really dynamic cast that come from all different walks of life, but still know how to play the game of Survivor as it is. I agree. All right. Final question. After five episodes, the winner of the season is. I mean. I desperately, desperately, desperately want it to be Carolyn. I feel like she she's getting such she's getting such a good edit, and she's getting in her confessionals like the praises that she should be getting from her tribe mates. The thing is, she's not getting that from her tribe mates. Um, I would, I would, I, I I'll I'll pick Carolyn now, um, with outsider picks of just because I feel like we've seen such a femicide so far this season. I feel like a woman has gotta 
preferably come out on top. Otherwise, like, what's the fucking point? Um, so I'm going to say <laughs> Carolyn's my number one. I'd say outsider pick of Franny. Um, and Jam Jam's up there, too. But I'm going you know, with someone know. from OG Purple. I mean, they are, they they really are the focus. Um and obviously, I I hazard to get well. Yeah, OG Purple. Who was who was the one from OG Purple that got swapped? Was that Jamie Carson? That was Carson. Okay. Mm. My I, I feel like he's getting. I could see giving, this wild like world fifth place vibes. <laughs> I could see the three of them being the final three. That would be interesting. I I don't know who would as of right now who would win in that vote. I would like to think Carolyn, if she can rein the emotions in a bit and articulate her argument really well then that's great carson's obviously very smart you know he knows how to win people over and speak very well but jam jam has an incredible incredible personality and you know people just gravitate towards him so it's that'll be interesting i don't think if that were a final three i don't see us having like a uh you know whatever like a an eight one or nine zero it's gonna be very close thing I think it'll be a close season for the first time in a while. Thank God. I'm, I'm here for it. L- listen, like I said, I like this cast. I'm here for it. We'll see what happens. Where can we find you on social Venmo. media? Venmo. Oh my God. Venmo. Crazy. Um, it's, I think it's at Cray Wilkins, everything. So just my full name. And then uh, my Twitter is at Crayola, C-R-A-E-O-L-A. I mainly tweet political stuff, though. I don't get too much into Survivor, but uh, people are welcome to hop on board the Cray train. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was fun. Thank you for having me. I always love doing these. It's fun to really analyze an episode every once in a while. 